Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is it that's been driving the gold and silver movement? When I say the gold and silver movement, I'm talking about the wave of individuals, the world over, that numbers in the millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions, that choose to diversify out of the broader financial and monetary system by buying and owning physical silver and gold. For some in places like the United States or India or elsewhere, this has been a multi-generational practice stretching back many, many decades or even centuries. For others, such as myself, this is a relatively new discovery, a long-lost relic of past generations from a time in which real money that was valued in silver and gold, or at least backed by silver and gold, was taken for granted. And yet those individuals, unfortunately, fell victim to a great deception over the years by governments as real money went out the window and was replaced by a worthless fiat currency. That's what I mean when I say the gold and silver movement. Call it what you want, stackers. I mean, that's what a lot of us refer to ourselves as, gold bugs, silver bugs, whatever you want to call it. But it, we're a force to be reckoned with, right? And, and, and if you look at, at your network of friends and family from wherever you're at, I'm guessing somewhere in what we'd call the Western world, the United States, Europe, Canada, uh, maybe Australia, New Zealand, you may not have very many friends or family members that fall into that category. Indeed, that's the case for much of the Western world. People are either not vocal about it or they're not interested in it. And yet... We have many uh, friends or many like-minded individuals in places like India, where it's a very common practice for, for wealthy and for poor families to put their wealth into precious metals for a variety of reasons. And that's what I want to talk about. I think among this broader group of people, there's, there's some very similar reasons for why we choose to, again, diversify out of the broader financial and monetary system by buying and owning physical silver and gold. That's what I want to talk about today. You know, as we move into this next bull market for silver and gold, I think a common term that you'll probably be, that you'll probably hear is greed and fear. That greed and fear is what ultimately explains uh, people moving into assets like silver and gold or maybe the bond market or cash or cryptocurrencies or whatever. And I want to break that down and, and kind of build upon that because I think it's more than just fear. I think fear can take many different shapes and forms. You know, some of the reasons that I own silver and gold could fall into that category of fear, but it's not so much me being fearful as it is, uh, in my opinion, being prudent. But it goes beyond that as well. So that's what I want to talk about today. I want to start off with fear. When people say fear, that's why people are buying silver and gold. Fear of what? Now, there's the extreme side of things, right? A total and utter collapse of the financial system, of, of society, etc. Yeah, and that, that's a part of it, right? There's preppers out there, and, and, and I think we should certainly respect their views because, you know, there's nothing wrong with being prepared, right? That's why they call themselves preppers in the first place. But there's other types of, of more, uh, I guess, certain things to be 
fearful of, or at least to act prudently uh, to, to avoid the consequences of, such as inflation, both at more mundane levels at 2 3 5%. Uh, as well as much higher levels of inflation that we're seeing in places like Venezuela or Zimbabwe, or we've seen in the past in places like Argentina, Turkey, uh, Germany, etc. Inflation is a real concern for a lot of people. And in a similar uh, line of thinking, inflated assets. A lot of people choose to diversify out of the uh, you know traditional financial assets like bonds, stocks, derivatives, uh, um, currencies, forex trading, uh, um, real estate, etc., because of inflated assets, they spot bubbles, right? They don't know when these bubbles are going to collapse, right? If if they did, they'd probably be shorting it, and and probably do very well for themselves. But they know that they're inflated. That maybe they're not smart enough to call the top of that bubble, but they want to get out of that somehow. Diversify inflated assets, and and people are fearful or or just act prudently because they see that systemic risk. This is another one. Right when I say systemic risk, I'm talking about people being concerned about a repeat of the great financial crisis in 2008. Call it a part two, if you will, the sequel. Right, because what happened back in 2008 was only papered over by things like low interest rates and, and money printing. The problems were never solved, and there's a lot of people that are actually concerned that you know as we head into this next downturn, that those same problems are going to rear their ugly head. And those same problems are not going to be solved as easily this time around. Systemic risk. And, and that's a very simple way of summing it up. But it's a very valid concern. Another one that comes up is counterparty risk. right? Uh, and this comes up when, when we're talking about where your assets are stored or how they're stored, uh, as well as problems like liquidity and systemic risk. right? Um, so, so an example of this would be you know, if, if you have your 401k, um, owned or, or managed by a specific institution or, or your bank account or your pension or whatever it is, right? Inherent in that is a certain amount of counterparty risk. Essentially, your assets are not entirely under your own control. The solvency of, of your account or, or the fact that your account uh, even exists in the first place is somewhat dependent on the financial stability, on the morality, etc., of the individuals that are running said firm, right? Counterparty risk is another one out there as well. People don't trust other people with their retirement, with their life savings, etc. There's also uh, some fear and concern out, out there about things like privacy, an intrusion of, of big government or, or corporations into our lives, right? They want privacy. And, and you know, dollars under the mattress are a very valid way to, I guess, hide your, your money from uh, Uncle Sam or whatever it, it might be. Uh, but, but silver and gold are also a very efficient way to do that as well uh, for whatever reasons, right? Just like you don't need to, to answer for why you need a you know AR-15, to use that classic example. I don't need to tell you why I need it, right? Government or rights are not based on needs, right? They're, they're based on, on basic human rights. Same thing goes for, for things like uh, avoiding uh, um, the, the prying eyes of the government or even corporations in today's day and age. I mean, granted, you're listening to this on, on YouTube more likely than not. I have a larger audience on YouTube than I do on podcast platforms. And YouTube and Google, I mean, they fall into that category of big corporations, right? Corporate America or whatever you want to call it. But that's a real concern as well, right? You want it out of their uh, line of sight. And then there's also the fear or or 
prudent action in anticipation of what some would call an inversion of Exeter's pyramid or a flow of funds through Exeter's pyramid. Exeter's pyramid being a, a, a upside down pyramid uh, showing the, the size, the relative size of different asset classes as you move further and further up. So at the top you have things like derivatives and then below that you have things like, like real estate and stock markets uh, and then below that you have currency and, and on and on and on and debt and bonds and etc. And finally at the bottom you have these small asset classes made up by gold and silver and that as uh, uh, the world becomes uh, a scarier and scarier place, you're going to see more and more, more money shift out of those higher, more risky areas of Exeter's Pyramid down to the bottom. So that's kind of, the to sum it up, a, a wordy way of, of saying that's what people are fearful of, or at least acting prudently in anticipation of. Now, there's also the greed aspect of, of this movement behind silver and gold. There's people out there that are buying silver and gold because they want to make a quick buck, right? They see stories, they see videos, podcasts about silver you know, going to 1,000 or, or 500 or whatever it is, to the moon we'll call it, for silver and gold, right? And they want to get on that train before it leaves the station. That's a very real um, reason that people get into silver and gold in the first place. And, and I'm not going to discourage anybody from doing that if, if that's what they want to do. But, you know, I think that that... Is hardly the best and most sustainable way. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Way to get into silver and gold. I've talked about this in the past, and, and maybe you can reference some of my videos in the past. Uh, but, but then there's also uh, the fact that people, yes, want to make it big, but they want to make it big without the, I guess, downside risk that is inherent in some other assets. I mean, that's the truth about silver and gold is that, yeah, they, they can go down in price a, a fair bit. But the downside risk is limited, and the upside potential, I would say, is is remains very high, right? So they're looking to avoid the downside risk that is uh, in place for a lot of, of more speculative stocks or even cryptocurrencies out there, right? Uh, for many of the cryptocurrencies are a get-rich-quick scheme. And yet we've seen over the years that uh, they can lose their value very, very rapidly. And then finally, you know, at some point in the future, and maybe we're already seeing this to some extent in gold, is that that greed aspect comes in when people are basically piling into a bull market, whether it's the technicals or the fundamentals that are pointing that that gold and silver are going to go much, much higher. People pile in, right, to make a profit, whether it's a quick buck or to to improve their overall portfolio performance. But greed in that aspect, which by the way, greed is you know, in terms of just trying to make money in the stock market or, or off of investments is not necessarily a bad thing, right? Um, it's it's when it, you know, clouds your vision and you're taking on too much risk as well as when greed, you know, uh, from, from a more philosophical or from a more personal perspective dominates your life. That's when it becomes a really harmful thing. But but to seek out higher returns or to make money on investment is not necessarily a, a inherently bad thing. Uh, greed, I think, gets a bad rap, but oftentimes it's, I think, uh, uh, mis, um, misdefined, I guess, not defined very well. But there's more to it, I think, that behind the silver and gold movement. I want to lay out two more additional reasons and kind of uh, uh, build upon that. 
Uh, first of all, preservation. Uh, preservation is a big one, whether it's for savings, whether it's for retirement, uh, a multi-decade way of preserving your wealth, or or uh, um, as an alternative to uh, more traditional ways of saving for retirement, or a way to diversify away from other ways that they're also saving for retirement, whether that's an IRA, a 401k, a, a pension, a social security, whatever it is, or even a multi-generational way to preserve wealth, something that you want to pass on to your kids, your grandkids, etc. right? Um, I, you'd be surprised by how many people you know comment, or I've seen comments from in the past that say, hey, my silver and gold, like, yeah, I'd love to use it sometime, but but honestly, it's probably just going to go on to my kids, right? Preservation of wealth onto the next generation and the one after that, right? That's another reason that people get into silver and gold because I think you know over the decades, silver and gold do a much better job of that versus just kind of a set it and forget it uh, a method of of buying into I don't know stocks or, or real estate or bonds or even uh, just fiat currency. Uh, but finally, something I want to talk about you know, the final reason for what's really driving this movement. I think this is maybe the most powerful reason when it comes down to it is principles. Now, this may not be the, the primary reason or even be on the radar of a lot of people that get into silver and gold in the first place. But principles, a, a belief in real money, in, in liberty, in the liberty or freedom that is gained by diversifying into silver and gold. Uh, has a real value that may not be as tangible as some of those other uh, reasons for why people get into silver and gold, but is is just as important, if not more important, right? A belief that that much of the wrong in the world, whether it's this party or that party, whether it's this country or that country, whether it's this system or or whatever, uh, currency, uh, market, bank, etc., that much of it is in some way enabled by the existing financial and monetary system and that you know individually we we can't do a whole lot to to fight that right but collectively diversifying again out of the existing financial and monetary system can a protect ourselves but b put our principles our convictions into action and then there's also just principles that that people adhere to because they don't want to, I guess, play their game. They're being the the elite, right? They don't want to be part of the what some people would call the Wall Street casino, the, the game in which sometimes people can win uh, through through making the wrong choice, but still make money somehow because the market is behaving irrationally, or sometimes through very smart and dedicated analysis. Sometimes they're going to make money through luck, but Oftentimes, it's a case that it's the big players are that that are winning big, and maybe more importantly, lose the least when it matters the most. Right? There's people that just don't want to be part of that. Maybe you've been through uh, uh, being in the markets during the 08-09 recession and the Great Financial Crisis, the the collapse of the dot com bubble, the crash of '87. Right? You can go further and further back, and that's just the United States. Never mind. What, what many Asian countries went through in you know, uh, the late 90s or what Japan went through after its you know, uh, decade or two of, of very rapid growth or whatever it is, right? Uh, it's, many people just describe it as a racket. It's, it's a casino and it's not worth playing. And their principles are that they want to find a safer way to do things, 
right? They don't want to be part of that game. They don't want to contribute to it, not just out of their own uh, um, self-interest because they don't want to, to lose money, but also because they know that they, they adhere to certain principles that say that something about this is fishy or dishonest, that it acts in the best interest of those that are defining the rules of the game, and therefore I don't want to be a part of it, right? These types of principles, whether it's not wanting to play that game or because they uh, have a belief in, in real money or, or a skepticism about fiat money, a belief in liberty or, or a real um, concern about uh, lack thereof due to um, changes in, in the monetary system over time, principles are incredibly important for this gold and silver movement, right? It's got to be more than just... I think silver and gold are going up, therefore I'm going to buy it now, right? That's that's something, but that's not, I think, big enough, right? And yeah, preservation of wealth or diversifying out of the system are important, but I think principles that back those up are even more important, right? They give you the conviction for why you're doing what you're doing. In fact, I even had a an individual comment the other day, and he actually emailed me about it today, a guy by the name of Timothy or Tim, and, and he was talking about, you know, I wonder if I can find his comment. Uh, he was talking about, I won't find it right now, but but if he ever won the lottery, that <laughs> one of his dreams would be basically to throw it into silver. And I can't remember, I think he's referring to the COMEX, the Commodities Exchange, in which silver futures are traded, where he would basically throw it into that and, and ask for delivery or something along those lines. Um, not necessarily in hopes of, of making a whole pile of money, Right. Or just getting the silver itself. I mean, if that was the case, he can get it through other means other than going on the COMEX. The reason he wanted to do that with his with his windfall through this lottery is to break the system because he doesn't believe in it, right? He's got principles, right? And he wants to, to strike at the heart of the beast. Now, I unfortunately, I don't know if I have any viewers that have won a significant, you know, $100 million, half billion dollar lottery or something like that that could do that type of damage, right? But collectively, you know, I talked about this the other day, uh, 32 million ounces, this is yesterday, 32 million ounces of, of ETF silver demand just since the beginning of June. And, and somebody pointed out, you know, that's that's small, that's half a billion dollars, to which I would agree, half a billion dollars is not that well, a whole lot of money. And yet that represents something like 3% of yearly silver supply, 3% of demand that was soaked up by these institutional traders, buying these ETFs, inflows into these ETF funds in the span of about, a month, of about a month and a half. Now imagine the type of, of change that can occur through, I don't know, five times that from individual investors like you and me or, or the, the farmer in India, right? Or, or the uh, you know the the miner in in Australia, the banker in England, or you know I'm just a whole bunch of tra- <laughs> using a whole bunch of of stereotypes here. The beaver uh, <laughs> fur trader in Canada, right? Uh, the 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 I don't even know the kiwi hunter in New Zealand. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this, but but imagine you know if you have enough people doing that, you know if we're talking billions of dollars worth of silver being bought over a short period of time. Same thing is true to some extent for gold as well. What type of a difference can that make, right? And and that is, yeah, it's going to be based on things like preservation or savings or, or fear or greed or whatever, but principles backing that up put some, some real, I guess, 
uh, teeth behind those purchases. They mean something more because uh, those with principles are more likely to have strong hands and 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 not to to sell on the first dip or something like that, but instead to to continue buying. Right? Not to say that that to have principles you can never sell or trade it for gold or you know if you're buying silver trade it for gold or or some other asset. That's not at all the, at all the case. I mean we have our own personal interests to worry about. Uh, but I think there's people that want their their voice, their opinions to be heard about the the malaise of our current fiat currency system. They want their voice, their opinions to be heard, uh, and they're not satisfied with what they get through the current political system, through social media. Even people like myself, you know, with with what coming up on twenty thousand subscribers here on YouTube, that's an insignificant voice, and and even my own voice is is relatively small. When, when I speak out against the, the problems with the current financial or monetary system. And yet, 20,000 subscribers plus the you know 100 plus thousand subscribers or 200,000 or whatever it is from a channel like Truth Never Told, right? Chris Duane, uh, plus the, the potential hundreds of thousands or millions or even more of, of individuals in places like India that don't speak English or, or don't have English as a first language, don't watch YouTube or follow my channels or whatever, um, but, but also have a, a similar... Uh, idea in mind because they're worried about intrusion or 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 the the digitalization of their own economy right that's a force to be reckoned with right principles are incredibly important to this fight and and i want to drive that point home that's that's what i've been doing time and time again you know for me to just say that silver and gold are based on dollar profits or something like that um well, hey, I can do that. I can come out here every single video and say, hey, this is where the price is. This is where I think it's heading. This is when you want to take profits, etc." But it's bigger than that, right? We play a bigger role in this than just that. So uh, I hope this has served as a, a good pep talk as well as just an informational uh, talk about you know this movement and, and, and this movement that has been going on for, for many, many decades, but I think is bound to expand much, much further and potentially by many orders of magnitude in the not so distant future not sorry the not so distant future as always i'd like to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video listens podcast and god bless